there's been one demand and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. The presenting sponsor for today's episode of State of the Nation is Visa, a network working for everyone. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Wynn. And in a results-oriented business, the Raiders did not get the results that they wanted on Sunday. A 17-15 loss to the Washington football team, a game in which their offense really never came alive. Uh, They did take a lead with 2.22 to go and then watch Washington be able to march down and kick the game-winning field goal. It's a loss that drops them to 6-6. And And in an AFC conference in which 13 of the 16 teams have at least six wins, it's really, really starting to get difficult to pretend that the Raiders are in the playoff picture or that they have a good logical chance to actually make it. Uh, it's a real deflating loss for the Raiders. Yeah, it was a very uh, Raiders loss, which I think is kind of what led to Josh Jacobs' you know, pregame speech there. You know, They just have a tendency when they get into these games where they're favorite against a team that you know, they probably should be. Not to say that Washington was a bad team. Obviously, they, they came into this game already on a three-game streak, beat some good teams, have, have been trending up. But the Raiders were favored in this one. This is a game at home that, that you got to win if you're serious about making the playoffs. And it seemed like he tried to, you know, avoid that with, with his little speech that he had. And it, it pretty much, you know, still happened. Um, it just came out flat, which has been a thing all year, really, regardless of, of what kind of team that they're playing against. But you just would think, especially coming off of that big win against the Cowboys, it kind of looked like they maybe, you know, might have flipped that switch, particularly offensively. And then it just kind of went back to right where it was before. It kind of fit right in with that, that three-game losing streak. The offense really struggles. The defense keeps them in it for a bit, but but it's not able to, you know, they aren't able to put up enough points to end up getting the job done. And so, you know, it just kind of feels like this is an average team, you know, and average teams kind of fluctuate from week to week, and, and this was a down week for them. Yeah, they've had their chances. I mean, they've lost now at three in a row at home. Like, they've scored a total of 42 points in those three losses. So when you look back at the season when it's over and they don't make the playoffs – I think those three games are going to be what really stands out as far as their loss opportunities. As bad as they played, to be able to take the lead late just shows you how bad a loss this is, if that makes sense. I just think that, I mean, they had so many missed opportunities, so many bad throws, missed throws. I just think um, the old line was pretty bad the first half. I just think the offense really let the defense down today. And I think this will be one where they can't, they can't bounce back from this one. I think this will be the, the last straw as far as their postseason chances go. I think it's just the same story that we've seen before where the offensive line does not play well in the first half and they try to tire these guys out with short passes and that kind of deal. And in the second half, when the pass rush tires out, they start moving the ball, but they didn't have Darren Waller to make plays, um, you know, here and there and, you know, turn some of those shorter routes into bigger plays. So, you know, I thought the defense was pretty played really well today and the offense just couldn't, sustained drives early on and they were still getting stops but I mean it I, I you know I think you guys were at the game so you saw those missed opportunities I think some people were talking about you know Deshaun Jackson being open a couple of times and, and Carr just didn't hit them but I, I just think it's the same game plan that they've had since the beginning of the season try to tie guys out with short passes and if you look at all the numbers at the end of the game 
Derek Carr's aggression and, you know, percentages of throws at, at certain distances of the field, they're pretty much the same as they, they, they were all season. So this has just been the game plan for the Raiders, but they just didn't have enough big plays at the at the end of the I mean at the second in the second half to kind of overcome those slow starts like they did in the beginning of the season. I would say early on it did seem like they came out with the intentional kind of game plan for those short dump off passes, especially on the first drive all five passes were kind of added behind the line of scrimmage, kind of into the flats. Um, and it'd be like plays where, I mean, as soon as, you know, it's like quick game stuff, like you were saying, like they're kind of substituting that for the run game where like immediately snap and I'm just throwing it to the flat, I'm not even like looking downfield to really see what's going on down there. And, you know, it kind of seemed like they were concerned about Washington's front and their ability to prevent them from pushing the back and pass protection, which obviously ended up being being true in this game. And so it, it kind of seemed like they kind of psyched themselves out of it. They're like, oh, we, we're not going to have time to throw deep, so let's just go to this quick game stuff, very short stuff, dump off so we don't have to protect for that long. And I feel like you're kind of defeating yourself from the start of the game when, when you kind of go into it that way. But I was surprised to see it coming off of that Cowboys game because, you know, they started off really with the opposite, you know, pushing it downfield, obviously hitting that big Deshaun Jackson uh, touchdown. I know he, he was hurting this game. He was uh, nursing that calf injury that he hurt earlier in the week. And so he was a little bit more limited than usual. So he didn't play, you know, as many snaps as he did against the Cowboys. But even still, just from from the jump there, their mentality and their, their mindset in terms of a offensive play calling standpoint just seemed very conservative and safe and, you know, they're at their best this season when, when they're aggressive and they push the ball deep. Like, you know, Carr's, uh, you know, his air yards per attempt for the game, it looks, I think, better than it is. Going into the fourth quarter, I think he was around like five air yards per attempt and then it, it jumped up because he was just taking all those deep shots in the fourth quarter, kind of those desperation shots. And so the key is for them is coming out with that aggressive mindset. That doesn't mean it's always going to work. I mean, we, we saw that against, you know, in week one, for example, against the Ravens, they came out really aggressive and like, Car was inaccurate and everybody was losing their minds because, you know, Waller was getting all those targets and it wasn't working, but eventually it did start working. And so whether it's working or not, I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? You might as well come in aggressive when you come in kind of safe and conservative. You're kind of making it easy on the defense to continue. Yeah, you look at that first half and Deshaun Jackson, zero targets. Foster Moreau, zero targets. I mean, he's a guy that you, you can target on some of the you know shorter underneath throws and they weren't targeting him. And we've He's a guy that, I mean, obviously he's the backup. He's only replacing Waller. But last time that Waller was out, he had a six-catch, 60-yard touchdown. Had a nice game for them. Um, that was half of his production of the season coming in was that game he started. And, and they didn't target either of those guys in the first half. They psyched themselves out because they were they respected his pass rush so much that they just wanted to go that short passing game right away. But, you know, why not be aggressive? And then if it doesn't work, then go to this short passing game instead of just coming into this game to saying, you know, we're going to go short early on. And, you know, it just kills the whole momentum early on, uh, early on. And it just doesn't get you in that right headspace, I think. I like the game plan. I like the idea of getting the running backs more involved in the passing game. I thought it worked at times, but obviously they went too far with it. There was one third down play where I think Carr threw behind the last room, which Jacobs knows a bad loss. I just think you have to, I mean, I think Derek once in a while gets a little fixed in on what he's supposed to do and not, uh, what he can do, I just think that was the case early on. The O-line, I think that's been the thing with Derek all along, is that that's why he spent so much money in past years for the O-line, because uh, he needs that confidence that he'll have time to make plays. And if he doesn't, he starts to overthink things, I think maybe do things too quickly and not really wait for things to develop down the field. So as bad as all that was, there was still like a handful of plays where like, it was the Edwards drop, there was a rushed Throw the Renfro on third down and he missed that throw. There's the one that the deep played is Zay Jones. Uh, actually, two of them. The one that fade in the corner, but threw too far. And the one deep at the end where 
really. I mean, it should have been a PI call. I think um, I'm never one to yell about the officials. The Raider fans do that for me. But I think in that case, if that was the other way around and that was the Raiders the cornerback with a handful of the guy's jersey, I guarantee that's a call. So I think that was a really a game-deciding uh, non-call. But, again, they've made enough mistakes where you can't just blame that one non-call. But I thought that was a pretty pretty bad uh, pretty bad error by the official. Yeah, I feel like this loss is pretty damning for a coaching staff because if you look at now twice this season, coming off of a bye when the opposing team, the Giants in that case, had played on the Monday night, and then here coming off the so-called mini-bye of playing on a Thursday where, again, Washington coming off of a short week playing on the Monday night. When you have extra time to prepare for a game and the other team is on a short week, I mean, that's those those are games you have I mean you have to use that extra time you have to be able to put in that extra preparation you have to have your team ready and this team is not ready at the start of games I think that's that's damning for the coaching staff and they have damning for Derek Carr I mean Derek Carr is the leader of this team he's he's the captain he's the guy that makes that offense go and if he consistently can't get that offense going early in the game that says a lot about him as a quarterback yeah I think you know it's kind of I don't want to I'm not in the huddle, obviously. Like I'm not in the headset, so I don't know necessarily what's going on with the line scrimmage, whether he's checking into these plays. We should get you a headset, but, man. We need to get you on. <laughs> but I feel like you know, like the elite quarterbacks, like you know, like, you know the, the, the just over time, like the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the, the Russell Wilsons, those types, like those guys. Like if, if something's consistently not working, and they know they can do something that they're really good at, I feel like at some point they're like, "Hey, yo, like what are we doing?" <laughs> like you know, like eventually, especially with you know. Like, given it's been such a consistent theme this season, like their first half, you know, first quarter, first half offense has been so terrible. It's like you come out doing the thing that's like the easiest thing for Washington to defend, and you're not doing a thing that you're best at at all. It's just kind of like, I get, you know, because after the game, we kind of ask somebody, he's like, you know, we need to do what the coaches, you know, say we need to do. And, you know, he's he's not the type of guy where he's going to, you know, really critique, critique the coaches, and he's always going to kind of go with that kind of, you know, team speak kind of language. But, I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, if, if the, somebody has to be pushing for there to be some kind of level of adjustment. I'm not necessarily expecting it out of Rich Passacci. I mean, he's a special teams coach. He has he's been really used to this. Greg Olson, I mean, obviously he's kind of rigid in what he wants to do. And so, I mean, somebody has to do it. You, you would think, you know, Derek Carr, you know, especially going into this extension year with, with so much that's on the line, you know, he, he says he's tired of, of losing and the same thing happening over and over again. Like, it just seems like they're just kind of just cool with, with maintaining the status quo and, and, and riding the season out, doing the same thing they've been doing all year. Clearly, they've kind of shown us they need a healthy, available, deep threat for the offense to work. When Ruggs was out, it didn't work. When Sean Jackson wasn't ready, it didn't work. When he played well and healthy, it worked again. But this week, he wasn't, wasn't 100%. They said it was like, you know, didn't practice all week. It definitely was a factor. So maybe him not being 100% is why the offense can't do it, which is not, that's not a good thing. I mean, if you're relying on one position, otherwise the whole thing breaks down. That's not a good sign. I think that's clearly been shown in the last month or two that without a deep threat, this offense uh, falls apart and they really don't have any answers. And the run game can't bail them out. And the old line can't bail them out. So I think losses to very average. I mean, I think Washington's a very mediocre team. I know Taylor Heineke, people think you showed me up today. I don't think you played that, that well at all. So I just think the Raiders need to score 18 points today. They score 18 points, they win, and they couldn't do it. So... Uh, that, that's pretty bad. I mean, there's just a lot of holes on this offense if you think about it. I mean, they can't run the ball. Protection is really shoddy early in games. Darren Waller is, you know, a huge piece, and he was missing. And then, you know, that speed component that's been proven to be so important was hobbled on one calf today. And 
they just don't have a ton of room uh, margin for error. And when guys get hurt and and are, and are injured and you know they, they miss their opportunities, it just, it just don't have a ton of uh, playmakers to kind of uh, make up for it. Yeah, but I think even today, like with Deshaun being limited, like like you were saying, you know, he had a couple of plays where it seemed like he was flashing open deep and he was available, and they just. It's like they weren't even looking for it just because that was just they were so locked into this game plan of like we're trying to beat them horizontally. Like, you know, you're saying they're going to tire them out eventually as the game goes on, um, you know, it'll start working. And it's like this team just has a real issue when it comes to adjusting on the fly, it feels like. You know, maybe not as maybe that wasn't as much of an issue under Gruden. I feel like that was still, you know, one of the criticisms under under his his tenure. But kind of ever, ever since, you know, Basaccia came over, um, it's kind of like whatever they start the game doing, that's what they're going to finish the game doing. Like there's not a bunch of changes in between until it just gets down to like absolutely desperation mode and we just you know just going for it when they're trying to make these big comebacks or uh you know at the end of the game in the fourth quarter really not sure why that is because it's like obviously they all recognize these issues they know way more about football than we do and so i, I just don't get why you wouldn't try something new even if it does because it doesn't guarantee that it's going to work you know whether it's being more aggressive on fourth downs or airing it out more we're not saying that that automatically guarantees that you're going to be more successful but you might as well mix it up if what you're doing is not working and they just have a tendency to not do that at all. But they like their process, man. The process is good. I mean, Rich Passaccia, since he's taken over, he's talked so mu- he's talked several times about how he's he's more concerned about the process than the results. It's always kind of like every time he says it, you kind of just roll your eyes and like, dude, like this is the Raiders. Isn't that the slogan, just win, baby? Uh, do you guys hear the uh, the intro to our podcast? You can't be a success in professional football if you don't win. This idea that – and that he keeps kind of coming back to this line, and, and he said it again post-game on Sunday. You know, says if you're results-oriented all the time, then you're just looking at the scoreboard and spending your life up there. There's a process to what we try to do. There's a process to improving every day. Nobody that watches the game cares about the process. They just care about if you win. And for an organization that hasn't been winning, when Mark Davis makes a, a decision on, on Rich Passaccia's future, that's not a quote that, that's going to uh, to go over very well. No, I do think Mark cares about the results. I think definitely. <laughs> um, Rich's whole thing, last week against the Cowboys after the game, it sounded good. Like, you know what, we lost three in a row, but I was worried about the effort. Today we were rewarded. I'm like, yeah, man, that sounds great. Today... It didn't sound so good. Today, I'm like, dude, don't be, what are you talking about? I just think, um, I get it. He's trying, at this point, he's grasping for, for something. Like, hopefully that this team can somehow still bounce back. But you lose three games at home in a row. It's, teams are not that great. The Chiefs, obviously, are the exception. But um, I was wrong. I thought this game was was right there for him. And it really was. Like, I 18 points, and it's a whole different story. They can't score 18 points. But, yeah, Rich, you got to stop saying that about the uh, – the uh, scoreboard and the process and uh, if you care about that kind of stuff. Cause that's what fans care about. That's what Mark Davis cares about. I mean, he spends a lot of money on players. Sal- that's what the players care about. The players care about wins and losses. I mean, Hunter Renfro after the game says, I don't catch 10, have 10 yards and have four fumbles. If I, if we win, that's all I care about. Right. Exactly. I just think, uh, which is trying to, to latch on something where he, you know, these players think they, they're still in it. They still have, there'll be a reward for the effort at some point, but uh, I'm not sure he'll be around to see it when it finally happens. Yeah, I feel like that line is more of like a, a college football, like program building line. You know what I mean? Like you're gradually building a program up. It's like, it's more about the process. You know, we'll get there. Like when you're like in a deep rebuild, like if the Lions say that, it's like, okay, well, that's the, what else are you going to say? But it's like, they're not, this is, you know, I know Gruden's gone, but it's like year, year four of a plan. Like this is supposed to be like last year is supposed to be the playoff year. And this year, of course, obviously it's playoff or bust. So 
What do you mean? <laughs> you know, that, that's the whole point of this. That's, you're a team that's going for it right now. You're not trying, you know, in the year one or year two of a rebuild. So it just the messaging doesn't really, you know, fit. I'm not saying that like if you lose, you can say, oh, you know, I don't care about these guys. Like obviously, you know, on, on a human element, you know, you know, you're still gonna support your players or whatever the outcome may be, but that's still the you know objective at the end of the day. You know, on a positive note, I mean, I thought the defense played really well today. I mean, you know, they had to overcome a lot of short possessions by the offense in the first half. Some really questionable penalties. I don't know how many three and outs they had, but, uh, you know, they had a ton of stops. And they they just kept them in this game. So, um, I I thought they, and, you know, Malcolm Kuntz got his first first sack of his career. Khalil Mack, I like to call him. He he got him with a long arm, just like Khalil Mack. (laughs) Not comparing them, but they both came from Buffalo, so. But um, also, you know, they overcame the linebacker injuries, too, you know, with uh, Denzel Perriman getting hurt and um, and Littleton being hurt. Uh, So, I I just, you know, hats off to Gus Bradley in that defense. They showed up again. And if only Trayvon Merrick had uh, been able to pull in that interception. That that was a game. Play he's got to make. That's the play he's got to make. He had a on the on the opening drive um, on the uh, Logan Thomas, the, the one-handed catch he had in the back of the end zone. The reason why he was so wide open, at least it looked like. Again, I don't know that necessarily the communication, but it looked like Perriman was telling uh, Morg, and he was behind him, like go over to that side of the field, and instead Morg like went to the other side, and so that's why Logan was was left wide open. So he was kind of struggling a little bit early, maybe settled in midway through the game, and then obviously at the end, you know, made a pretty crucial mistake there, but. You know, he's a rookie. Uh, those things kind of happen, but uh, you know, that's, that's probably like the long blemish on, on the defense's day. You really can't can't pin this one on, on this on them. I don't know, man. I mean, I'll say this: defense defense played well, but they had the lead. I mean, with two more two minutes to go, and they all had to all do was stop uh, Washington. And Washington gave me a lot of yards and short passes, but I mean, the game was there to be won by the defense. So they couldn't do it. So again, I wasn't. Taylor Hackey's better than I thought it was, apparently. But I mean, uh, I tell you, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's some Ryan Fitzpatrick shit right there. You know, go down and get in the field goal range at the last second. Hey, man. Look on, 17 points. 17 points at the end of the day. You got to win the game. Hey, you made, made plays, man. Yeah, you got to make a stand at the end of the game. But again, the defense played well. I'm just saying they had they, they were ahead. Defense, all they wanted is a chance with the lead and, and a chance to protect the game at the end. They had that and they couldn't do it. So. I'm not going to give the defense too many roses, but they played well. Definitely deserved to win, but they definitely had a chance to also. So, Team loss. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. In terms of injuries, the Raiders lost Kenyon Drake, their number two running back, and they're kind of their other backfield weapon. Uh, broken ankle, and he's not happy about it. He's not happy about the tackle that uh, that led to his injury. So, you know, second straight year he suffered a season-ending injury. With somebody tackling him like that, um, kind of pulling down on his shoulder pads as as their body weight kind of rolls under his legs and cost him a broken ankle and cost him the rest of his season. And you know he he uh, he tweeted out a video clip of it and and you know upset about kind of how uh, you know player safety is handled there. He doesn't like that that tackle is legal and um, yeah, it's it's a tough break for him. It's a tough break for the Raiders um, because. You know, we have seen them kind of been able to to get him involved a little bit more on the offense, and we, you know, he, he can do things for them. He can help them offensively, and now uh, they're going to be without him for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think especially with Josh Jacobs, you know, kind of every week being banged up. I mean, even in this game, he had the ankle injury, and saw him multiple times. Uh, at least I can see on press box, he would go to the sideline after a play and get tended to by the trainers. So it was clearly bothering him, even though he played, I thought, pretty solidly in this game, and then. 
Jalen Richard also went on, on the reserve COVID list before the game. And so uh, kind of thinning that backfield. Not that they haven't been able to run the ball anyway, but, uh, you know, for offense, it's already without so many pieces, which, you know, we need to say coming back to the injury, you know, because it was about four weeks ago we were talking about the injuries and somebody on this podcast was, was not admitting that they had, they had some pretty significant injuries. I think at this point, do they qualify now? I mean, like, oh, nope. man, it's it's NFL. Crowd, man. It's NFL, man. People get hurt, man. Cold blood, yeah. man. Cold. I mean, Cold. I'm going to do some research this week, and I'm going to see where they rank in terms of, like... I have Ted help you with research. <laughs> my, my, guess, my guess is they're probably middle of the pack. They're probably at league average. They, they You know, they feel like they're a league average team in terms of injuries. Man, listen, man. They had... Even this game, Ken Drake, like... Denzel Perriman goes out like one of their, <laughs> their resurgent guys this year. Corey Littleton was like banged up. Nick Wiekowski. Like they have no linebackers anymore. Then no Waller. I think we have to give them some kind of – I think that – you know, obviously it's not why they – The way I look at it when, when I start thinking about how injury-ravaged a team is, is I think about starters suffering season-ending injuries. Richie Incognito, but if you were counting on a 38-year-old – be able they, to, they were yeah. they were yeah. <laughs> that's their Denzel fault good. <laughs> that's their fault Denzel good I'll give me I'll give you Denzel good but I mean he, he's he's your right guard that's supposed to be like if you rank your offensive line positions one through five that's that's like the number five position if you can't replace if you don't have the depth to fill in an injury at right guard that's your problem like you have a problem there that you didn't that you haven't built a roster that can withstand an injury at right guard. So, I mean... I'll give Rich this. I mean, if Gruden was still the coach, he'd mention injuries every freaking day. Like, today after the game, be like, well, you know, we lost out in gold. Like, two weeks ago, that was a big loss. So, I feel, I'll, give, I'll give Rich that. He's not living and dying with the injuries and using them as excuses. But clearly, again, today was a game that should have won, period. I mean... I thought Trayvon Mullen was going to play today. Was he not active? active? No, nah, he said before he wouldn't. He, next week was always the goal. He practiced, but... Uh, he was back in practice, yeah, but he wasn't ready to play yet. Yeah, my, my Brandon Fasan feature is not doing too well. Yeah, he was, he was getting picked on a little bit again today as well. Casey Hayward, too. He's playing well, man. That man has, has started getting these interceptions, man. Even the Nate Hobbs interception, Casey Hayward should have caught that one. I think he had one earlier in the game. As well. If Nate Hobbs doesn't catch that, that, that ends up looking like another missed opportunity of dropping an interception there. Because, like, you know, I know people were, oh, he assisted. He, like, nah, like, he he, he dropped it. And, like, Hobbs was luckily there to, to, to make the play. But his team's in trouble. You guys see the, the, the post-game video of Washington, Jack Del Rio? He was a happy man, man. Jack Del Rio got his... It's come up in a little bit. It was happy. They had a pretty terrible uh, pun on their socials. Uh, they called it Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Like, oh, man. Oh, that's, 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 that was bad. That's terrible. Like, yeah. They could have kept that one. Well, what about the, uh, the the next Raiders head coach was in the, was in the oh, building yeah. there, right? Dabo Swinney. The connection is official, man. He, he had the whole Raiders gear on. He had the, the logos. And like, today was like bowl announcement day. He's like, ah, fuck my team. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, <laughs> he's, who, like, what coach is it with their players where they get announced yeah. with bullies? He's got to do a little press conference. Nah, yeah. nah, His DC weird. was like leaving for a new head coaching job Like at, at that moment. He's like, ah, fuck, I'm going to hang with Hunter Renfro and, and my boys over here on, on the Raiders. Like, that was very strange. Like, I, I'm still trying to figure out like what. Like why? Why was he here? What was the? I got the conspiracy theorists on Twitter, man. I have people blowing us up about Dabo Sweeney, you know. I mean, you got to at least consider the possibility, right? Yeah, I'm sure the thoughts cross Mark's mind. If you're gonna blow it up, why not get the you know successful college coach who can uh, has four guys already here? But um, it seems like a long shot for me, just because you know we know he's got 
we don't know what the settlement with Gruden was, but some kind of financial settlement with Gruden. He's just getting, you know, getting so getting off of that contract essentially, where he's paying a guy ten million a year and has a settlement. I mean, Dabo, he's making ten million if he's coming in. He's making at least ten million, if not more. It feels to me like Mark is probably going to make a hire that is not somebody he's going to have to pay ten million dollars a year to. But yeah, I mean, like that because even with Dabo, like. I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but like if Brian Kelly is getting ten million dollars a year and Dabo at Clemson, like he would, like he's definitely making more than ten if he even stays where he's at and he's already successful and he doesn't have to walk into this Raider situation. I just, just this is not, it's not on the table. I don't think. I don't, I don't know about a CEO type of college coach. Like he's not a defensive coordinator. He's not an offensive coordinator. He's not bringing his defensive coordinator with him. We know that. But he's gonna re, he's gonna turn Cleef Furl back into a number four <laughs> pick, back into a first round pick. They're gonna. Bring him back for his fourth season. They're going to pick up his fifth year. No, okay. All right, guys. Well, big game next week in Kansas <laughs> City. They are six and six still. We they said 10 is a number. The we Get said 10 was a number. It's still possible. What's the, what's the Chiefs record now? They won, so they're eight and four. I guess they are. So they win. They only game back. All right, fine. I mean, big game. But the Raiders are in last place now in the AFC West. Well, I guess tied tied with the Broncos. They're both six and six. You know, when we count them out, they win the game. When we're back in, they're gonna they're gonna lose the game. So you know, that was my rationale for picking the Raiders to lose. So yeah, that means I should pick the Raiders to win next week. But we've got a few days to decide on that. I, I don't think I will be picking them to win. But bad loss for the Raiders and uh, it, the home field advantage thing, man. They just they cannot play. At Allegiant Stadium for what? I mean, they, you know, they've had obviously the opener and then the overtime against the Dolphins. They've had some thrilling games there. They've done a little bit better. But I mean, we saw how bad they were at home last season. And now you look at, you know, these bad losses to the Bears, bad loss here to Washington. Um, It's just uh, for for fans that are in their shiny new digs, that they're not getting rewarded with great football. Nope. They don't have the backfield advantage. It's fake. It's thirty percent other fans anyway. I mean, shit. Well, yeah, how was it today? Uh, what, 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 no, how? it wasn't that bad today. Like Washington didn't travel extremely well, so it was, it was you know it was mostly Raiders fans. Well, that'll wrap up the post game edition here of State of the Nation. We'll be back in the middle of the week to get you ready for the Raiders going to Kansas City. See if they can find a way. Hey, you know we didn't we didn't think they had any chance when they went to uh, Dallas on Thanksgiving and uh, they won that game to uh, revive their season. So. Maybe they can uh, they can do something in Kansas City to revive their season. They won their last year, so uh, we'll see what they can do. But we'll talk a lot more about that game later this week when we get you ready for the Raiders and the Chiefs. All right, Joe. Later. Adios.